Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by hashtag basketball.com and draft.com, where if you use the promo code boxes, you will get a free entry to your first draft after deposit. I'm your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Well, I'm worried on two levels, Mike. Uh-oh. What do you worry about now? Well, first, it was an exciting episode in your first run that you messed up, and now it's not an exciting episode. So I'm worried that the content just got worse in the last five minutes. Yeah, the uh, I took out the word exciting from my opener simply because... I was excited for this podcast, but after I screwed up, now I'm not. Sorry, everybody. Sorry, listeners. I'm not excited about this podcast because I, I botched the intro. I thought maybe you were not excited because you had to explain yourself yet again. What What do you mean? What do you What do you have to say for yourself, Michael? I mean, come on. Uh, you're gonna, this is going to start already? You're going to do this? You're going to do this now? Get I it out of your system. I, I think I told you last week what was going to happen, and you kept telling me it wasn't possible. Get it out of your system. I just want to know how it felt. How did it feel? Listen, this was a very close matchup in our listener league last week, for all those listeners out there. It was the heated matchup between Tyler and I, and uh, it was close. It was closer than the final score leads you to believe. Uh, Tyler ended up pulling this out. Six to three, and uh, you know I'm really disappointed. I'm disappointed in, our, in my guys. Uh, Vujovic was injured. Dirk Nowitzki did not pull his weight. Um, you know I'm just I'm disappointed in, in everybody. Really, I only lost uh, three pointers by you know like four uh, points was like only a forty point difference between those two. A lot of categories were in play, but uh, Tyler, you you earned this win. But uh, you know what? The regular season does not matter. The only thing that matters is the playoffs. But you're not even going to make the playoffs here soon, Mike. I mean, you're right on the bubble here. It's completely untrue. I'm in fourth place, the final spot for the playoffs with a three-way tie, by the way. Well, um, sort of. LeBron's hairline with two ties, 76 wins. A half game back is Tyler and the Sloan Ranger. Licensed to Lillard uh, going three and six as well last uh, week, so you know what? I'm not. I'm not too worried about License to Lillard. He is. I'm, I'm calling it right now. Buckets McGee comes up and steals the last playoff spot with a nice home stretch here. Well, I, I don't want to see any shenanigans out there. I want to make sure no one is tanking games to kick me out of the playoffs, or else he'll be banned from the league, and Tyler will also be kicked out of the league. So. Wait, why do um, I get kicked out of the league? Listen, don't right. just – you'll be kicked out of the league, and whoever tanks will also be kicked out of the league. And that, that's what's going to happen. So those are the rules. I'm already up 8-1 this weekend, Michael. I mean, you're, is, you never is, catch me. It is Monday. I'm out to a fast start. And um, the only reason that is happening – but don't get ahead of yourself. But um, you did have Boogie Cousins tonight who had a monster – Line a line that has not been seen since the likes of Wilt Chamberlain. 44, 24 rebounds, 10 assists, four steals and a block, hit five three-pointers and a double overtime win against the Chicago Bulls. Um, this was uh, an amazingly interesting game to watch. The refs were bad. 
the lead went back and forth. The Bulls, I think, were up by like 12 or 14 with like four minutes left and ended up giving the game back to the Pelicans in the all-time most tankiest loss ever. Uh, double overtime. Everyone's going to tout Cousins's horn in this uh, game because of this monster line, but the dude almost lost to the Bulls. Like, I'm not impressed. I just can't believe of all the good news items we had, you started out with the terrible Bulls against the terrible Pelicans in double overtime. It was a fun game. It was a fun game to watch. It was fun just because the Bulls lost on purpose? Yes. That's, it was great because the Larry, Larry Marketing looks fantastic, dunked all over both AD and DeMarcus at one point in the game. Um, Larry Markin's the real deal. And um, I'm excited for Anthony Davis to join the Bulls in 2020 um, or 2021 when his contract is up to join Larry Markin in, in winning multiple championships. So I'm really looking forward to that. I just find it funny that the Bulls play two people who I'm not sure are real people. Ryan Archdiacono, I mean, that's not, not a real person. Not a real person. That can't be. And David Nawaba, that is not a real person either. Time out. David Nawaba is good. I don't need you slandering David Nawaba. The sad part is the guy not playing now is is him and, instead of some of those other turds and punch bowls like Jeremy Grant. Yeah, Jeremy Grant got a ton of minutes. Let's talk about that real quick. With done out, Jeremy Grant did get a ton of minutes in this game. Do you think he's worth picking up for the rest of the week if uh... – you know, if you need the uh, assists, because he had a pretty monster game. Now, granted, it was a double overtime game, so let's not get too, you know, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. But um, we talked about this at the beginning of the season when he was starting and playing a lot of minutes. Yeah. Like for, for assists, he's probably worth it. Yeah, I mean, he, in forty-seven minutes, he had twenty-two points, five rebounds, and thirteen assists, two steals. Uh, he was he was actually doing pretty well before regulation was over. I think you got to put that guy on your roster until Chris Dunn well, gets back. Here you go. I'll, I'll, uh, at the beginning of the season, he played over 30 minutes in five games, and his assist totals were 5, 10, 7, 9, and 8. All right. So that alone probably makes him worth picking up. And he had over double-digit points in all but one of those games. So, I mean, there you go. I like that. Um, go pick up Jaron Grant for your point guard needs this week. I might have to go do that in give me in our league. Hopefully, don't pick him up, Tyler. I don't need you snatching my good picks. No way. I just picked up Buddy Healed for this Monday, Tuesday back to back. So I'm riding with Buddy. I just dropped him. Damn it. <sighs> uh, not knowing the schedule, Mike, you haven't been reading my article. I know. I have not point. been reading your article. Um, I didn't want to cheat and beat you at your own with your own information last week. But uh, if you don't know, listeners, Tyler does write an article on hashtag basketball.com every single weekend to prime you for the upcoming weekend fantasy. And uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and talk about that right now. Any, is there any um, quick tips you'd like to throw out to the listeners for week 15? Um, week 15 is a week where we see a lot, a lot of games. Um there's only one team with two games this week, and every other team has three or four games. Um, so that's not usually the case. Usually we see a few more teams with two games. Um, the Kings and Hawks are teams you want. 
the absolute best schedule of the week goes to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Unfortunately, they don't have a ton of streaming options. Um, pick up Bogdan Bogdanovich. Guys like Leslie Matthews are available. Dwayne Dedman, Torian Prince, De'Aaron Fox. I mean, there's a lot of guys to be had. Um, another guy I'll mention, Kyle Anderson, only owning 16.1% of leagues. He doesn't score a lot of points, which I think that kind of usually makes people perpetually underown in these big sites. But Kyle Anderson's going to be good with Kawhi Leonard out, and Kawhi Leonard don't look like he's coming back anytime soon. Yeah, what's uh, that is really sad. Kawhi Leonard out again. Um, apparently, misdiagnosed injury, which sounds really bad. Allegedly, uh, fall, a little bit of a falling out with the front office and in, in the Spurs. I find that hard to believe, considering how professional and great the that front office is. Um, I um. I think you have to own Cal Anderson almost uh, almost immediately. Like, you got to pick him up. Yeah, no doubt. I think he should be on just about every league. Um, he produces some crazy games on the defensive stats that you are gonna want to own, like some five steal games, some four block games. Like he he's got the ability to produce stats that other guys just can't do. Yeah, he's had multiple five steal games this month. In his last two games, he's averaging. Three blocks a game. This guy's just a weird all all across the board dude. Uh, he even hits the occasional three. That's not his forte, but you know there it is. I I think he's got to be owned in all leagues simply because of the the defensive factors that you're talking about. It's also just cool to watch him play because he kind of seems, other than being ridiculously tall, like an average guy. Like he never seems that quick. Like he seems to do it a lot just on following the Spurs system, being in a good position, doing these little things. Like he doesn't seem like he can jump that high. Like he just seems like an average dude. Yeah, he's a, he's a regular looking guy. Other than if I saw, you saw him in person, I guess he would be enormous and he would not look like a regular looking guy at all. Was well, like six foot seven, right? I mean, yeah, that's huge. On the court, that's like average size. Well, yeah, but I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't hang out with basketball players. Not yet, anyway. I thought about this the other day. The amount of people, he's actually six foot nine. He's even telling me to give him credit for it. The the amount of people I've seen who are probably six foot seven in real life, like when I was not at a professional basketball game, like just walking down the street or in my everyday life is probably under five. Yeah, there's not a lot of those dudes out there, but uh, the first time I ever got close to a basketball court was um, in Indianapolis, and Troy Murphy, 6'11", Troy Murphy, was shooting threes, warming up, and I was sitting maybe like the fourth or fifth row. It is utterly shocking how enormous these, these dudes are. They're so fast, and they're like they're like two real people stacked on top of each other it's amazing i can't believe you know i can't believe we're all you know the same species because they're superhumans it's it's incredible to see and troy murphy by the way not like should not be like the athletic specimen that i'm uh fawning over but dude that guy it was huge and he was he was built he's he's a big dude yes they're all like crazy big uh troy murphy a good throwback fantasy uh player one of the original stretch fours. Half the listeners not alive when Troy Murphy played. Yeah, probably not. Uh, Got to know my demographic. Us old, us old guys uh, 
missed the days of Richard Lewis and Troy Murphy. Uh, ooh, Sean Marion, what a guy. Speaking of Sean Marion, uh, the Phoenix Suns played the Milwaukee Bucks tonight, and in breaking news this evening, Jason Kidd uh, spilled water on the court and was immediately fired from the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, and tonight was their first game without Jason Kidd as their coach. No uh, replacement coach right now. I believe they're just using their assistant coach as an interim coach. Is that is that right, Tyler? Yeah, and they they said they're going to keep him for the remainder of the season. So do not expect to see a full time head coach hired until the offseason. And that's going to be a job that a lot of guys want because, I mean, you got Giannis, you got Chris Middleton. Um, yeah. They're just a really fun team. Who doesn't want to coach Giannis? Uh, the guy is going to be one of the best players uh, maybe of all time. Who knows? Tonight they ended up playing without Giannis against the Phoenix Suns. I'm not really sure what I'm taking out of this Jason Kidd firing. I think all the, the main names like Middleton, Bledsoe, Giannis – even uh, maybe, maybe Brogdon might be affected by it, but um, I'm taking the main names and, and not worrying about it at all. I don't think anything different is going to happen. Well, and I think this is worth mentioning too. This is another team that doesn't really trust their bench. I mean, I wouldn't either. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see. The, I mean, kid there for a hot minute, especially when Giannis was playing, was playing all of his starters like, 35 to 40 minutes a night and try and limit the bench as much as possible. Um, it'll be interesting to see if the interim coach does the same thing. I mean, he played Chris Middleton 39 minutes tonight, Malcolm Brogdon 35, Eric Bledsoe 33. Um, so it looks like he's going to keep things kind of status quo, but maybe the front office will tell him that he's got to limit some of these guys' minutes a little bit, um, which is bad for fantasy all around because, like you said, these bench guys aren't going to be producing much of anything. No, there's. I don't think there's really too many guys on the peripheral here. You hope uh, John Henson, uh, who's who's been you know pretty good for John Henson, uh, kind of one of those old school. Um, oh man, if this guy played the starters minutes, he'd average nine blocks a game. Type of uh, ridiculous analysts out there saying stuff like that. When in um, you know, in reality, John Henson has averaged about twenty five minutes. A game this year and is averaging 1.5 blocks. Um, you maybe see a bump there. I um, I, I don't know. I, I just don't think there's too many guys on the peripheral here that will will benefit too much from this coaching change, or even like the like you were saying that with if the bench gets some more minutes, who's really going to benefit? The answer is I don't think anyone. I'll say this though: I think that move to fire kid was long overdue. I think that. This could be a Warriors kind of situation where kid goes and somebody new comes in and they all of a sudden reach this new level. Like kid always just seemed to have a way to throw the players under the bus. I mean, he did it. He did it on his way out, right? He threw Giannis under the bus. And I think that maybe a different coach, uh, their Steve Kerr might come in and, you know, take this team to a whole nother level. I think that would be great, minus the fact that I don't want the Bucks to win anything because that means the Bulls are not winning. Um, maybe give them the, a few, uh, the first two years during the Chicago rebuild. But, you know, the, Bull, the Bulls look like that rebuild might only last another couple months. They're probably going to make the playoffs, Tyler. 
Mike, you have been drinking a lot of heavy alcohol if you think Chicago is making the playoffs. They keep winning. They keep winning. They barely lost tonight. There is no way they're getting ahead of Detroit, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Indiana, Washington. At best, they're the 10th seed. God, I, I, they need to be worse. Uh, they need to start losing games. Um, I, I actually want to talk about the Phoenix Suns here. Uh, kind of word out of Phoenix is that they are going to be trying to give Tyson Chandler some more rest. And um, they're going to be mixing up their starting lineup. The problem is, I think, like usual with this uh, team, we just we don't know until almost game time who is going to basically even play in that center spot. Is 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 Dragon Bender going to play more? Is Greg Monroe going to play more? And, and and tonight Greg Monroe did play, who to me is the best fantasy asset on this team. Greg Monroe had 19 points. Seven rebounds, four assists, two steals, nine for 11 from the field. Played 30 minutes, and Tyson Chandler did not play. Alex Lynn only played 18 minutes. Is this, should back. we take another flyer? Should we take another flyer on Greg Monroe? Is it time? No, I don't think it is, because I think what may happen here is they may go back to what they were doing when they first got Greg Monroe, right, where they give Greg a game to start. They give Tyson a game to start. They give Alex Lynn a game to start. And in the game you start, you play big minutes. In that scenario, whoever is starting is worth streaming, right? Tyson Chandler is the worst fantasy option of the three if they all get the same amount of minutes. But he can still get you pretty close to 10 rebounds a game. Yeah, he's still worth streaming. And Greg Monroe, like you said, is probably the best fantasy asset of all of them. He's he's a good steals player for a center. Um, he's going to rebound. He's got the ability to score. And then you've got Alex Len, and Len is a good fantasy asset when he gets the minutes. So whoever's getting the minutes, if we know ahead of time, is worth streaming. Would I hold any of those three players if they're going to rotate the starting lineup? I would not. Yeah, it's probably not worth it unless you're in a a bigger, deeper league. I would would maybe hold on to Greg Monroe if I was in a mm, 14-team league. It's hard to find guys, even if, even if Greg Monroe might not be even, I guess, playing every game. It's still worth that that production because it's so it's probably pretty hard to find that type of production off the waiver wire in a, in a league that big. Oh, I'm with you. My worry though is, I mean, in the last, I mean, geez, in the last two months, okay, he has played in a total of eight games yeah nine counting tonight it frightens me it definitely frightens me i think if he if he's gonna start playing though like every second game every third game he's gonna start and then every second game he's gonna come off the bench why not oh yeah in a deeper league i mean when there's nothing on the waiver wire i could see holding him there but man how long does it last i mean we saw this happen once you know earlier in the season right and it's just like it worked out for a little bit, and then he just wasn't playing at all. And, I mean, I guess short-term, you have nothing to lose. But if he played five minutes in the next game or not at all, it would not be a huge shock to me. Yeah, and if they start winning, I, it won't last that long, will it? No, I mean, and at some point, right, even if, if they can't move Greg Monroe and Tyson Chandler and, and 
Alex Lenz only on a one-year deal too, right? So it's like, if they can't move these players, at some point they might just go, especially if Marquise Chris gets healthy, they might just go, yeah, you all three are not playing anymore. Like, we're going to play Dragon Bender and Marquise Chris, and you guys can just sit the bench and not play. I don't know what to do with that Phoenix team. Um, it's really, it's kind of, it's really hindering a lot of potential that's that's on that team with the, the way their rotation's going. It's uh, it's pretty frustrating. Yeah, and it's almost like they can't seem to pick a lane. Like at least Sacramento picked the lane, right? Like they're just like whatever. Now they did start Vince Carter tonight, which we can talk about the stupidity of that. No, but... Respect Vince Carter. You gotta respect. You gotta respect Vince Carter. Oh, I do respect Vince Carter, but at this at this point, when you've committed to playing your young players, like cut Vince Carter, let him play on a contender, man. Like, don't be starting him and not playing your young players who could be getting better. Like, you're the worst team in the the league right now. Like, why are you playing Vince Carter twenty five minutes? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, there's just no point. And there's no and- point for him either. Like, okay, yes. He got to play in Charlotte for his final time in Charlotte. He stays with the Kings the whole year. He got to play 19 minutes. But other than that, like, what did that do for him? Like, he got to play 19 minutes and the Kings lost. Like, let him go play on the bench for somebody. He's still a really good player. Like, he's a useful asset to a team. Come off the bench in uh, New Orleans. Come off the bench in Milwaukee. Um there's plenty of teams that have no bench that, that needs someone to come in and play 19 minutes and score 12 points. Yeah. And he could do that. I mean, he's shown that he can do that. And that's why I don't get why the Kings don't just go. Yeah. See, he signed a one-year deal. Now maybe he's pushing them and saying like, don't cut me, whatever. I just want to do this, hang out here in California with Zach Randolph. Yeah. But I mean, but now he play he, I mean, he gets set like, I don't know how much two out of five every game. So it's like, I don't really get what, what the purpose is for him. Like he knows certain games he's not going to play where he could play every night on a good team. And maybe that, maybe he doesn't want that. I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much partying those guys are doing. They're like in their forties. They're probably not doing any party. Um, Yeah. The Kings at least picked a lane. Like you're saying the Suns need to, and um, that's something to watch over the second half of the season. Something really, I mean, eventually they could settle on a rotation and then you're going to reap the benefits. But uh, until then, just continue to, to monitor that situation. Um, let's see. Any any other exciting news? I guess there was the, um, the, the Petty Circus over in Cleveland. Um, Kevin Love being thrown under the bus after a, a loss. And um, once again, uh, Petty LeBron shows up. And uh, I don't know what the hell is going on there, but LeBron's been trying to throw Love under the bus since season one when David Blatt was there. And they had like a slow start. He's been trying to throw Love on the bus every single year. And uh, you know who got tired of that? Kyrie got tired of LeBron's pettiness. And Kyrie left. And Kyrie is thriving in Boston. And uh, I, if I'm Kevin Love, I'm demanding a trade. And, uh, if, man, if Kevin Love gets traded, if you start hearing Kevin Love trade rumors, I'd trade for – I'd try to pick up Kevin Love, trade for him, because Kevin Love being featured on a team is is going to be really good. 
Well, I mean, I think we know we know in both cases what's going on with this team, right? They're getting pissed because they can't defend anyone because of their guy of their rotation players, how many of those guys try to play any defense? I mean None of them. LeBron, LeBron doesn't even plays sometimes, right? Like if, if he feels it, like when he feels like it. And Tristan Thompson is a decent defender, I think. But other than that, like sure. I mean, Kevin Love doesn't play much defense. I thought Jay Crowder was a good defender, but he's not proven it by me this year. Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with Jay Crowder. I think he was just in that good Boston system, which just goes to prove you that you know a, a good system will will trump a uh, an all star based one most of the time. Most right? of the time, Isaiah, not all Thomas, the time. Isaiah Thomas doesn't play any defense. No. J.R. Smith never played any defense. I mean, like you just keep going up and down the roster. It's like none of these guys want to play defense. So we talked about this all the way back at the beginning of the season, right? Like, this doesn't look like a great team, right? It looks good on paper. Ooh, they've got a lot of fun players, but it's just not a great team team. I also think it's kind of a similar situation to when Dwight Howard played on the Lakers, right? Like, LeBron is really good because LeBron has a crazy work ethic and LeBron is crazy talented like Kobe. Yeah. And part of the thing is he wants other players to work like him and – to be as good as him. And I think Kevin Love is a little bit, for lack of a better term, lazy. And doesn't work at the same rate LeBron works. Which you doesn't know, I, I, Perhaps, perhaps. And um, we often see this too, right? It's just probably a personality conflict where Kevin Love is a different type of person than LeBron. And so they don't get along super good. Yeah. They're not buddies, right? Like we're, No, they're we're definitely not, not buddies. I... I I don't know too much about that. I think Kevin Love works pretty hard. Maybe he's not an ultra competitor, but honestly, I don't think LeBron's an ultra competitor. LeBron takes games off every year. Uh, LeBron dogs it on defense uh, if he when whenever he can. And see, and he, LeBron, the entire offense revolves around LeBron figuring out a play because he's LeBron. He's amazing. I'm not trying to tell you that LeBron isn't one of the best players of all time. He is. Obviously, he's not as good as Michael Jordan or competitive as Michael Jordan. But LeBron, the entire offense wraps around him figuring out a play. Not running well, a play for Kevin Love, not running a play for Isaiah Thomas, not running a play for people isn't really a fun offense to play in. And so I could see perhaps why Kevin Love is uh, disinterested in playing in this offense when this team doesn't practice and they just run whatever plays LeBron wants to run. And if you're involved, you're involved. If you're not, you're not. Well, and I think we see this too, right? I mean, the whole thing that, that pissed everybody off was he played three minutes and then said he was too sick to play. And like, maybe he's just a little soft or, you know or what maybe I mean? Maybe he's the damn than flu that's been be. going on around uh, everywhere. You know, like I, I find it pretty shitty for a team to be like, you tried to play and then you said you wouldn't, and then we lost. I'm blaming you for the loss. I don't even think you're actually sick. Like that's but, that's petty shit. Well, I agree with you, but that's LeBron. That's always been LeBron, right? It's never him. It's never his fault. It's of always course, never never has been. Right? Oh, Kyrie's injuries screwed us in that one sure. playoff series against the Warriors. And Oh, you know, Kevin Love wasn't good enough and, and this and that. And the other oh, thing Dirk that, was way better in that – oh, wait, no, that he didn't have an excuse for that one. He choked in that finals. Um, 
I'm a LeBron hater, Tyler. I don't, I'm a, I don't care. But I I wrote this article, okay, and you guys can find it out there. It was uh, basically looking at potential landing spots for George Hill, right? The Kings yeah, would be dumb not to trade George Hill. I mean, George Hill has a lot of value around the league. George Hill's a really good player, and he never really fit well with the Kings, primarily because they wanted to let De'Aaron Fox run the point a lot. And they didn't want to let George Hill play the the role he's accustomed to, where he's kind of that secondary ball handler. Um, he he played it alongside Paul George. He played it alongside Gordon Hayward last year in Utah. They kind of tried to make him more of a spot up shooter, and he's a really good three point shooter. But he kind of just needed the ball in his hands a little bit more to be comfortable, I think. And he didn't really get that in Sacramento. Anyways, that's beside the point. Um, they're gonna trade him. The Cavs have said they're interested. Um, so I looked at like possible scenarios, how the Cavs could get him. And I think he's kind of what the Cavs need in a lot of ways, right? George Hill is going to play some good defense. George Hill is going to be a good three-point shooter and not super demand the ball in the sense that – but he can also take the ball out of LeBron's hands and make some plays. Um, yeah, he's more of a combo guard. He can play point guard. He can spot up. He can play with IT. He can play off the bench. You can do whatever. Yeah, and he's a huge upgrade to whatever backup point guards they have. I mean, say what you want about Derrick Rose. He hasn't been playing. So if you don't rest, play – Rest in peace, Derrick Rose. Rest right, you peace. don't get much out of him. And so then they've been forced to play Jose Calderon. And, I mean, yeah, we, we, we've we seen that movie. That's – you know, that that's ran its course. Um, so I think it would be a good fit. They can make it happen by trading just some ancillary pieces there. Um. So if that happens, I think that gives the Cavs a little bit of a shot. I don't really see that they trade Kevin Love. They've, I mean, these rumors always go around. There's no team going to give up a Kevin Love player Yeah. to get Kevin Love. You know what I mean? Like, no one's going to give up their best player or one of their best players to get Kevin Love. And so the Cavs don't want to trade for future stuff. So, like, I don't really see Kevin Love moving. It would Until be, LeBron leaves at the end of the season, which if that happens, then Kevin Love will probably be gone. Yeah. Kevin Love most likely. Or, well, does he have a year left on his contract or is this his last year? That's something I, I would have to look up. I'm, look I'm not well That would be interesting to see. Um, he's got a year left. You know, he's going to be pretty awesome on the Cavs. Uh, unless he they has end two up years left. For, well, there you go. LeBron's going to stick him. In Cleveland, Kyrie saw the writing on the wall. Kyrie got the hell out of there. Uh, if I'm Kevin Love, yeah, but I mean, insane. if he le- if LeBron leaves, they're gonna trade Kevin Love to somebody. Somebody yeah, will they'll, trade they'll, for Kevin Love. They'll get seventy cents on the dollar, just like everybody else who's traded away. Well, you know, Jimmy Butler, Paul George, except for those Jimmy. As much as we crapped all over those Jimmy Butler and Paul George trades, uh, kind of worked out for both of those teams. Well, I mean, we, we finally saw Victor Oladipo take the step we kept saying he should take the last, what, two, three years? Yeah. And the Bulls, I mean, the Bulls is still kind of undecided in the sense that obviously the Laurie Markkinen pick has worked out well. But the the centerpiece that they got, Zach Levine, I mean, we haven't yeah, really Oladipo ever was seen definitely Zach Levine a ball. Yeah, play on a good team either, right? Like we've never seen Zach Levine – be good on a good team or the focal point of an entire offense, which 
it seems like eventually he's going to be on the Bulls. So like that could bump his uh, scoring up a, a little bit. But, you know, he's just not a defensive player whatsoever. And also the Bulls didn't have to give up that second-round pick. Or the the first-round pick, I mean. Or sell the second-round pick. Don't get me started. Anyway. Um, let's, let's talk about a few kind of um, players that are having a little bit of a, a, a good couple weeks. This is uh, the good couple weeks segment of the show. And um, I'm going to throw some names out there for you Tyler and I want you to I want you to give me your your standard league opinion these guys aren't owned by a lot of a lot of teams uh, but these guys have been on a little bit of a hot streak over the last couple of weeks and uh, I want you to tell me if you if you're if you're gonna pick them up in any of your standard leagues and uh, we already talked about Kyle Anderson he's having a uh, he's a must own in all leagues we've we've already talked about him but Is one of them the other Spurs situation do you want to talk about that Tony Parker Permanently getting benched, it sounds like for Dejounte Murray. No, yeah, I mean let's let's talk about that while we're talking about it. Um, what do you? What it do was you, an interesting move and one I didn't really see coming, right? Because I mean Tony Parker wasn't playing a ton of minutes as is, so I didn't didn't quite get why they didn't just say okay you can start. But he basically told Tony Parker, right, like your time's come, right? It, it has happened to everybody. It's happened to Paul Gasol on this team. It's happened to. You know, other players that he basically just moves you to the bench when he thinks it's time for you to play on the bench. And basically he's going to start DeJounte Murray. And Murray is a lot like Kyle Anderson in the sense that Murray can do some good defensive things, get some rebounds, not a a big assist point guard, right? But he's a good rebounder, can steal the ball, can get some blocks, not going to score a lot of points, um, which makes him pretty interesting for fantasy. Yeah, he's – Kind of a weird – he's a very weird player. He's definitely not a traditional point guard with point guard stats. Um, he's not going to blow you out of the water with assists. He can get the occasional block, get steals and rebounds. You know, he's an athletic dude. Um, he, I, don't, he, I don't really he, consider him a standard league value, though. Oh, no. And and what, I, what I'm more interested to see, and we, right, we talk about deep leagues earlier, right, is – I mean, I would definitely pick him up in a deep league. If he's going to play 28 minutes a night, yeah, okay, anybody is, is good, worth it. But yeah. he, he would be great for specifically built teams because he kind of plays like a big man, minus he shoots a bad field goal percentage, but it's not on a high volume of attempts. He kind of plays like a big man in a point guard slot. So if your punting categories are like assists – he and three pointers. He could be really good for your team. Yeah, and even if you're trying to get those field goals, his bad field goal doesn't really destroy you because of just the volume. Yeah, because you probably got other big men, other centers, Rudy Gobert types, where they're going to shoot sixty percent, and his forty on minimal attempts is going to get covered up by them. Uh, so that's just kind of interesting, right? As he could be for specific teams, he could be a real nice piece you fit in here going down the stretch. Yeah, I, st- I still think he's a bit of a uh, – he's definitely a deep league t- type of guy and definitely a weird, a strange fit. Um, standard league-wise, though, I'm, I'm not I'm not interested in picking him up. Yeah, and rest in peace, Tony Parker. If you own Tony Parker yeah. in almost any league, right, like he's playing go. 20 minutes now and that 20 minutes has not produced much statistically. Um, 
you got to pour one out for Tony Parker. He's had a long storied career. He's going to go down uh, as one of the greats. So, you know, respect to Tony Parker. Big up France. And um, I don't know. That's it. I don't have anything else. <laughs> I just find uh, it funny that he was born in Belgium, but yet he plays for France. I think he grew up in France. Yeah, but if you're born in Belgium, why not you play for Belgium? They don't have a good team. Don't tell the Belgians that. Um, so I got another name for you. Owner in less than half of leagues, according to what I'm looking at. I'm not going to tell you what I'm looking at. Um, Demarty Carroll, kind of having a little bit of a comeback here over the last few weeks, playing um, pretty well, hitting some threes. Uh, we know Demarty Carroll can be streaky. Seems like he's on one of his hot streaks. Is he a must-own in standard leagues right now? Yes, only because I don't really see them having anybody else to give those wing minutes to, right? Like, I don't think they're going to give them to Alan Crabb. He's not a good defender. It'll be interesting to see what happens, I suppose, when D'Angelo Russell gets fully back up to steam here. But I think that they're going to take the minutes away from guys like Crabb, maybe Levert cops a hit a little bit. And I think Damari Carroll's going to play, and Damari Carroll's – He's worth it, man. He should be owned in pretty much all leagues, I think, right now. Getting rebounds. He's getting you a couple assists. He's a good steals guy. He's scoring a lot. He's getting threes. I, I mean, I don't Damari Carroll in a standard league. And if the if the playing time drops to 26 minutes a night, well, then we'll have the conversation again. Yeah, maybe you move on then. But right now, you know, you got to play a hot hand. And, and quite frankly, Damari Carroll has been pretty close to standard league relevant all season long whether he's been on a hot streak or, or not. And uh, right now he's on a hot streak and he's playing um, up in the you know top 50 type of guys over the last few weeks. But uh, overall in the season, he's a, he's a top he's – a, he's right, hanging around 100. And uh, that's, you know, that's good enough to be owned. I'm just surprised he's not owned in uh, as many leagues as I thought he would be. I think we see that with a lot of guys who play on these type of teams, right? Like not, not too many people are paying attention to Brooklyn – and the Mari Carroll was bad enough last year that he kind of peed off some owners, and they're like, oh, I'm not on DeMar Carroll again. He plays for the Nets, but he stinks. Well, I mean, that's where value is found in, in leagues with some people who don't pay that close of attention, I guess. That is true. Another name that I'm, uh, that I'm, um, I'm not that interested in. I'm, I'm going to give it away already. Not, inter- not that interested in um, Larry Nance Jr., who over the last uh, few weeks, even month, has been standard league relevant, but in it, it just you know just barely standard league relevant. But lately, has been um, playing a little bit more and um, not scoring in bunches because he's he's never that type of guy. But uh, getting some good blocks and steal types of numbers. He's, um, you know, only shooting a, a handful, like, only like about seven shots a game, but he's he's making sixty five percent of them. Can't shoot a free throw if uh, his life depended on it. It's not going to hit any threes. Kind of a stereotypical big man who gets steals um, and not blocks. That's and, what's just yeah. Um, he's in that streaming class for me, and unfortunately if he got close to a block a game right he would be pretty interesting but at only half a block for the season in 22 minutes 
I mean, even if he's playing 30, now if he's playing 30 and he can get the steals up to like two a game, not, now we're talking about something a little more interesting too. Just he's not only really helping you in two categories. He doesn't give you any three pointers, which we talk about that a lot. That's, that's hard to deal with. Um, yeah, no, Larry, it's probably just in the streaming category for me right now. I'd also like to mention that the Lakers are quite possibly the worst free throw shooting team in history. And that is just really weird that they don't have a player on the team that they can even try to get the ball too late in games to get fouled. Yeah. Like all their guys are bad free throw shooters. Every single one. It, it, it doesn't make too much sense. And free throws have been down this year. It feels like, but like the Lakers are historically bad. Yeah, and like what's weird is like they'll be ahead in games and you're going like, all right, all they gotta do is make a couple free throws. And then no matter who gets fouled and goes to the line, you're like, Oh god, this this could not end well. <laughs> yeah, they they could easily piss away a lead by shooting free throws, which is you know, not a team you want you would actually want to build around. Yeah, no, I mean, and they keep saying, Oh, we're close, we we have this young talent, you know. Um I don't really think they're that close. But no. They I mean and they keep saying, "Oh, well we're going to get this big name free agent." Um I believe it when I see it. Speaking of the Lakers, there's another guy who's actually uh, his last two games are are pretty fantastic. Uh, Jordan Clarkston has been playing extended minutes with Lonzo Ball kind of a uh, pooping around on the bench. Um, Out and not close, according to reports. Yeah. So Jordan Clarkston getting extended minutes with Lonzo Ball out. And over the last couple games, you know, dropping 33 and 29 with um, good rebounds, good assists. This guy had a really good year last year and has kind of just been MIA due to the rotation in uh in Lakerland, and I I really didn't understand why because I actually kind of thought he was their best player, and he he kind of he kind of disappeared. Um, actually, you know, last year he he kind of it was two years ago. I'm getting my years mixed up. Two years ago, when Jordan Clarkson looked like he could be kind of a little bit of a a breakout guy, and he's kind of been relegated to the bench. Are you picking up Jordan Clarkson while Lonzo Ball is out? I said this a ton. Uh, during D'Angelo Russell's rookie year, that the best player on the Lakers was Jordan Clarkson. Um, he was all right last year. He takes a step back from from that year, obviously. Yeah. Um, he's kind of been the same this year, right? I think we we know what Jordan Clarkson can be. Um, he can score. He can get you a steal a game when he gets big minutes. He gets you a few assists and a few rebounds, and that's about it. Um, the, the few Goal percentage is up this year, which is making it, you know, pretty decent. Um, he's a guy I don't have any problems owning, especially if he's going to get big minutes. But in the same time, this Laker rotation kind of gets topsy-turvy, turned on its head from time to time, and they just decide to give a guy 20 minutes for no real apparent reason. You know, ooh, Corey Brewer got hot and made three three-pointers in the first quarter, and so we're going to play him 35 minutes for uh, some ungodly reason, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, I don't have any problem owning Jordan Clarkson that Alonzo Ball's out. Once Ball comes back, I think we see Clarkson relegated to that bench role that's not really been that valuable for him. 
Yeah, he's probably right back to what he's been doing, which really what he's been doing in limited minutes isn't terrible, but it's not standard league. Oh, no doubt about that, right? He just needs some more points. He needs some more, a little bit, a little bit more in a lot of categories, and it would be right there. Yeah, he's just kind of a, one of those like score fringe type of guys who, if he doesn't, you know, start adding to his game like Bradley Beal did, then he's just always going to be outside of that standard league value. Oh, good old Bradley Beal, a guy. I'm surprised he's been as healthy as he's been. Let's put it that way, old Brad. Yeah, good for him. It's been a couple of years now where he's been healthy. Um, that's that's super positive. I got two more guys for you, Tyler. Two All right, more. I'm ready. That's a lot. I got, I got a lot in here. Um, this guy. Man, yeah, I'm surprised this guy is only owned in man. 25% of leagues. This, this guy be whack, man. This guy's this guy's good. Um, Kelly Oubre Jr. He's only he's not owned in very many leagues yet. He always is playing twenty eight minutes a game, getting you almost a steal, getting you some rebounds, hitting some threes. It's kind of like a poor man's auto porter. Yeah, and I mean, this is another team where they don't have a lot of bench options they want to use. And so you kind of see them using Ubre a lot in these small ball lineups and relegating Marcin Gortat to, I mean, fantasy irrelevance. Um, they would much rather play Wall, Beal, Porter, Morris, and Ubre Jr., I think. Um Great Jr. Every once in a while, like maybe it's the matchup, maybe it's something else. Just seems to have a real stinky game. But I mean, overall, he's probably worth owning in the sense that he can get you like five rebounds. He can get you thirteen, fourteen points. The problem is he doesn't. The, the steals and the blocks are not consistent at all. Yeah, and that one kind of relegated him maybe to the fringes and, and maybe a streamer, especially in a 10-team league. In a 12-team league, though, I could see owning this guy, just good percentages. Yeah, and that's actually that's where I was going to go with it. Um, Otto Porter, like a, he's a poor man's Otto Porter, and the reason I say that is because he's much more valuable in a Roto League or a league where you care about percentages. He really gets his value in the fact that he shoots a decent at a decent clip, doesn't turn the ball over ever, doesn't really hurt you anywhere. Uh, doesn't really get you good blocks, so that sucks. But doesn't um, doesn't give you any assists either. So that's why he's a poor man's auto porter. Auto porter doesn't hurt you really anywhere. Um, Kill your Bray, The system blocks are not really good enough for um, to be you know one of those top fifty players. But when you add up the, how, how good his percentages are and his turnovers are, and you care about that stuff because you're in a roto league, he is standard league relevant in my opinion, especially this year with his um, getting extended minutes and playing in those small ball lineups. Yeah, he's a guy, too, that I think if he gets big minutes the rest of the way and those stats tick up closer to what, what they should be, you know, he, he could be a guy who gets overrated just because he scores and he hits three-pointers at a good clip, and those are seem to always be, like, sexy categories for people. Yeah, but and it's so like you can find Find those dudes everywhere. Threes and pointer and, th- and points kind of, kind of don't seem to be that rare anymore on the on the waiver wire. 
on a stand a standard league anyway. Oh, they're definitely not, and that's what I mean. And the guys like this get overrated. Like, oh man, I'm getting I'm getting Kelly Oubre, and I'm like, okay, you you enjoy him. Yeah, he's yours. Um, I got one more guy. He is recently, I guess not that recently, but um, he's only been playing um, for the last month since his last injury. He is once again out with an ankle. Jermichael Green has uh, kind of been playing better I, I would say having uh, he has he's been playing he's been playing better than Jermichael Green usually that plays. was the most tepid better though because it was like a pause and then it was like he's been playing better I mean he has he's been playing better like, you didn't want to say it you didn't want to say he was playing better I'm, you, you forced uh, yourself I've uh I've shown my hand uh, I'm not a fan of Jermichael Green I don't think uh, you should own him in standard leagues. But, uh, you know, lately he's been rebounding the ball out of his mind. And, and that's really just all he does, though. You know, he's – he's he's that's it. Well, and people will always ask me, like, oh, should I pick up Jermichael Green? He's starting. And it's like, even when he starts, he plays like 27 minutes. And gets you like seven rebounds, which, okay. I mean, if you want a guy who gets rebounds, Tyson Chandler's out there in your waiver wire, man. Go, yeah. go get his nine rebounds. Enjoy him. I'd rather play center roulette in Phoenix than than take Jermichael Green. Jermichael Green, 0.6 steals and 0.3 blocks this season. The last two seasons, 0.6 steals and 0.4 blocks per game. It's like there's nothing there. There's an assist. Basically, you get one assist per game, and you maybe get 10 points. Like, what of that sounds good to you? The potential for big rebounds, I guess. If you're streaming and you need rebounds at the end of the week. Oh yeah, I mean I don't mind streaming. About it, right? I mean, and the nice thing maybe for you is the rebounds seem a little bit inconsistent for Jamichael Green, which in a streaming sense, that's almost I almost want that more because. If I need a home run at the end of the week, right? Like if I'm say down by twelve rebounds, Jamichael Green may be one of the first guys I go to pick up because he has a lot of games where it's like thirteen rebounds, fourteen rebounds, sixteen rebounds. Like he's gotten a lot of games where he can get a ton of rebounds. So you go for that home run potential, but in the same sense, like that's all I want him for. Yeah, that's it. He doesn't really do anything else that excites me. Uh, those are my last two guys, Tyler. Do you, you have anybody else you wanted to talk about? Oh, do I have anybody else I want to talk I, about? I know you do. Uh, I'll throw a shout out and, and say this, right? Like, for all the rookies, all the rookies across the board, do not look at their season-long stats. Start looking at what they're producing in the last 10, 12, 15 games. Because they're all – this is the time where they all start to take a tick up. Um, we're seeing it with guys like Dennis Smith Jr. Um, he's been great in his last probably the 10 or 15 games. Um, all the rookies usually kind of turn a corner here, get accustomed to the league, and, and really start to play like they're going to play in the future. And so that's something to keep an eye on. Yeah, it's um, it's been amazing rookie – rookie class when you think about it yeah and the next one seems really really good too so um better days could be ahead 
Yeah, the I actually I think you're seeing it this year. I, I, I've said it before. Um, I just think the caliber of players is just better. You start looking at these stat lines from a couple just two seasons ago. Um, even we were looking at Zach Levine. You know what, what was Zach Levine's um, averages? You know just last year or two years ago, and you and you start saying, well. Yeah, that was really good then, but now that's really not even a top – is that a top 50 player? I, I, I don't know. The league has dramatically changed in the last two years, especially with people shooting through more three-pointers and and scoring more. With, and with, playing with, at faster paces, right? Yeah. Trying to push the ball. Yeah, usage is up. Um, pace is way up. And, I, you know, I don't know how – when that is going to actually stop, but – I mean, these these this this rookie class is is fitting right in to what the new NBA looks like. So uh, the next class or the upcoming ooh, class, yeah. it'll be very interesting too because there's a lot of interesting big men, a lot of interesting center prospects. Whereas the last few have been pretty guard oriented, um, and now there's some fun guards this year. Don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of big men in this draft. That's that's probably the deep position would be center, and. We've seen how centers are kind of getting marginalized in the league. So maybe this influx of center talent slows things down again a little bit. Um, so that'll be an interesting thing to kind of watch going forward. Unless they're all, which most, uh, quite a few of them are, super ultra-athletic centers who run the court and push the pace. Um, but that could be very interesting too because those type of centers don't always have the best injury history that they seem to get hurt a lot more. So will that push them down the draft? And what effect will that have on the league? Um, This draft class is going to be an interesting study in about five to 10 years, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think the NBA has probably never been more talented than it is right now. And um, that's, you know, coming from someone who grew up in those 90s years. I mean, it was plenty talented then, but man, it's it's almost overflowing now. And I think we're seeing that with the the marginalization of bench players. I mean, how many teams? There's right like five or six teams where like they don't want to play their bench at all. And no. I think that's because they just can't find enough skilled players to match up with the other teams' supremely skilled talent, right? I mean, you would think with the with all the science behind not playing your starters 39 minutes like Tom Thibodeau does and you know possibly ruin the careers of Joakim Noah and Luel Deng um and Derrick Rose for that matter you would think more teams would start playing their benches but uh, yeah some of these ben- some of these benches are just utterly weak well and we see teams like Denver right like they've got guys on their team that I I always look at and I'm like Man, this guy like should be getting minutes. I think that some of the teams just have too many bench players, and the other teams don't have any. Yeah, and you you go up against a team that has you know a bunch of six seven men as their as their bench, but also as their starters. It's uh it's hard to play a full game against a a team. You know, hey, I think that's kind of why the Bulls are winning quite a few games is that they have a lot of they they have an entire team of playable bench players. And they kind of blow out teams' benches, um, and and 
are able to hang with certain starting teams. I mean, hey, they almost beat the Warriors the other night too. It's uh, I'm telling you, the Bulls are going to make the playoffs. And I'm going to be really depressed about it. Why would you be depressed about your team making the playoffs? Because we need to tank in order to get one of these monster guys that you were just talking about who are going to be in the draft. Who? Okay, top five people you want to see on the Bulls from this draft class, Mike, go. Ooh, uh, I would take Bagley. I would take uh, Ion. I would take uh, – what's his name? Uh, what's the foreign dude? I've already forgot his name because I Doncic. Yeah, Doncic. I've already moved on from him. I was all excited about him earlier. Now I, I've moved on. Um, Jaron Jackson on Michigan State looks pretty pretty damn good. Yes. Um, even Muhammad Bamba looks pretty good. I I would really want Trey Young. Trey Young is uh, going to be insane. Oh, Mike, you will you will be excited for a piece I have coming out about Mr. Trey Young. Good. He deserves all, everyone to write about him because this guy's doing this guy's doing stuff that Kevin Durant didn't do in college. You have already, and, and I wrote this piece a while back. You could probably find this on the internet if you search it. The guy who's going to be the steal of this draft is going to be Michael Porter Jr. He only played one game for Missouri. He's probably going to come out. He may be the best talent in the draft, which is crazy to think about. This kid is really, really good. And because he was hurt, people forget about him. And I bet you he slips out of the top five, probably somewhere in that six to ten range he gets picked, and he could end up being the best player. That would be really, really great to see him slip to wherever the Bulls are because if the Bulls keep winning like this, they're going to fall out of that top eight, and I, you know, it looks like that top seven, top eight are, are really where the, uh, the the premier talent really could be in this draft. And it's crazy that we're talking about like a top seven, top eight. Like that's a huge draft. And there's still, I mean, it will be interesting to see some of these other players. I mean, we we saw it with Donovan Mitchell, right? Like, there's always a couple of guys who sneak past that top tier and yeah. end up being really, really good. So that's true. Um, We'll see. We'll see who it is this year. I mean, Jaron Jackson could be one of those guys. Another one of that guys could be Colin Sexton from Alabama. Like, I think that guy's super talented. Yeah, he looks very uh, good. So it'll be interesting to see who that person is. Um, Kevin Knox from Kentucky, right? Kentucky's not having the best season in the world, but he's another guy who's super talented too. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for March Madness because that's really the only time I watch college basketball anymore. And uh, it's always a good time. And we'll probably talk a lot more about these prospects uh, during March Madness so you guys can uh, prepare yourselves for your dynasty leagues and your upcoming rookie drafts. But we still got a lot of fantasy to go. And we a lot of teams, a lot of leagues have their playoffs coming up, and we're going to do a playoff special here uh, either this week, next week, uh, sometime soon. And, um, yeah. It's we still got a long a long season to go, Tyler. Yeah, I mean it's it's crazy to think, right? Like some teams, some people's playoffs are coming up. Like we're just kind of over the halfway point. Like most teams have played somewhere between forty five and forty seven games, I think. Yeah, and um, I think that's why we're kind of proponents of having a later playoff. I know a lot of people don't want to deal with those last couple of weeks because 
teams sit their guys, but like teams are going to sit their guys. Uh, we're all in the same. You're all in the same boat. So I don't. I don't so know. Like, should your league be this. over now that the Kings are sitting their guys? Like, I mean, yeah. teams decide to sit their guys at the halfway point of the season if they're out of contention. Like, you're all playing in the same league. You all right, have the like, same we, You know what I mean? Like, you just drop Zach Randolph now and say, "Well, you're only going to play a little bit." So see you, Zach. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't get that strategy. But if that's what you guys want to do, I mean, all the power to you. Like, that, as long as you think your league's fun, that's all that matters. Save it for the playoff special, Tyler. Um, we will attack all those people and all, all those listeners and tell them how uh, inadequate their league is at a, league later, is trash, at a later bro. date. Um, so I think that's it. You, Tyler, got anything else to plug? Uh, no, I've been writing like crazy, though. So if, if you're interested, I mean, you can follow me on Twitter at Watsy4444 and find pretty much anything I've written. So. Tyler's doing a lot of good work out there. He's uh, he works too hard. Uh, I don't work at all. I'm lazy, and uh, I don't write anything. It's great. Um, I just watch well, I Bulls games it. and complain about them losing. I miss your pieces just slamming the Bulls, Mike. That that uh, they needed to come back to my life. Yeah, there's. If you want to go read uh, old me hating Fred Hoiberg, uh, which I'll give Fred Hoiberg a little credit this year. He's improved. You gotta dust off your boots to write just that piece right there. The improvements the Bulls have made in 2017-2018 season. Ugh. One of them's gotta be about Fred. Come you on, know what? Fred, he, he still can't run an out of bounds play and or an out of timeout play whatsoever. Um and then lately he's been saying, like, oh, we're running less plays. Why? Why are you running less plays? Well, other than you wanna you're still thinking. So Dust um, I, off your feather and your your jar of ink and write it. Come on, Mike. You got to do it. I, I, if I write it, it's it's going to be. Uh, is Fred Hoiberg the ultimate stealth tank coach? <laughs> that that will be the title of the article. Because I can't tell. I can't tell if he's good or bad or both. Maybe he's just crap enough. Yeah, he's improving. But um, he needs to steal more plays from better coaches. Um, <laughs> that's all I got. Uh, you can find me at Watch the Boxes on Twitter. Feel free to tweet at me or Tyler uh, for anything, really. If you got feedback for the show, if you want to send questions to us about your league, if you want us to talk about any specific topics on the show, and if you like what you're listening to, please rate and review us on whatever you're listening to this Right now, just go out there, give us a five-star rating or whatever, and give us a review and say how awesome we are. And that, you know, that helps people find the podcast, and we really appreciate that. And also, if you'd like to do daily fancy basketball gambling, check out draft.com. If you like fancy basketball, I think you will like this. You do a snake draft before each day and use the promo code boxes when you sign up for draft.com, and you will get a free first game after your deposit. Um, I haven't been playing as much draft.com as I was earlier in the season, but I'm still, I still got a pretty good winning percentage. How's your gambling going, Tyler? People in the DFS community are going to be mad that you keep calling it gambling. Like, cause that's what oh, gets I'm so it sorry. From it's not gambling. Everyone it's, um, fun bets on sports on, it's a game of, uh, chance. So it's a raffle. Or is it a game of skill? I forget the, the rules about gambling. It's a game of skill. That's it. 
because it's not a game of chance. It's a game of skill. And because it's a game of skill, it is not a actual gambling type game, which makes it legal. Um, which honestly, gambling should just be legal. And so should a lot of other things in this country. But that's a whole other podcast called What I Think Should Be Legal in This Country. You can check that out on wherever you download podcasts. Uh, Tyler, anything else? No, that's it, man. All right. We will catch everybody next time. Thanks for joining us, everybody.